Everyone has questions, and no one seems to have the answers. Everyone wants to know what the Thundermen are planning, including the Thundermen. They need to call in an old friend and go somewhere they've never gone before. But first, time to party. We listen to episode 35 of Taz Graduation, so you know what that means. It's time for Talking Taz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Talking Taz, your weekly journey through the worlds of the Adventure Zone graduation. With you, as always, is me, your host and producer, PJ. And with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hello. Lauren, what'd you think of this episode? It was good. I'm still kind of reeling from the whole, like, Good Castle revelation and, like, so interested to see where it was going to go. And I liked the, how it ended, though. Yeah, I think Griffin handled the, the Good Castle stuff very well. Very well. I think that's the best way he could have had Fitzroy handle it. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. But we'll get to that. We sure will. In general, though, all I want to say throughout this episode um, is, like, I told you so. You, you told me so? Or... I told the world so, but we'll get to that. <laughs> all right, so let's jump into it. You told the world so? Okay. Let's go. We started in a room that is familiar. Uh, last time we found a nine foot tall being here, and this time there are two of them. It's Chaos and it's Order. Mm-hmm. Chaos is clearly younger than Order uh, and stares out the window while the older Order tells them they can't deviate from the plan. Basically, Chaos is very much like, are you sure we have to do it like this? And Order's like, yes, this is the only way. And Chaos seems, you know, very not understanding of the situation, but ready to follow his older brother's orders, essentially. Essentially. Is there, you might know this because you know so much more media than I do. Is there a significance to Order being the older, quote unquote, sibling and Chaos no, being the younger? that's just okay. an arbitrary choice. If anything, I feel like Chaos should be the older sibling because I, I feel, feel like the world bo- is born into Chaos. That's what I thought too. And Order finds its way into reality. Yeah. But I digress. I did not create this world. I mean, if you look at like the Big Bang and everything, it was all Chaos and then settled into Order. So I also was thinking of the opposite, but yeah. I'm not mad. No, it's, it, I mean, it is what it is. Exactly. We cut back to our group and Althea clarifies that the army here is from Goodcastle. And Sir Reginald says they are from Goodcastle and answers the call from Althea to help out. She is like, I didn't really call you. I like kind of just called anyone. <laughs> Did she just like send out an SOS to just anyone I- I'm assuming in the area? I w- I w- that's what I would do. That's yeah, that's fair. I wonder if they have like, well, they don't have phones. So there wasn't no, like, like an Amber Alert. It's like when they need help evacuating guests from Pirates of the Caribbean and they're like, literally anybody, please get over here. <laughs> I don't care if you know this or not, just a body, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, Sir Reginald's like, um, of course, Good Castle's real. Who would be sending out those letters? <laughs> you know, like we've already established that, they, you know, they send out these mailers being like, become a knight. Become a knight. And I guess physical mail is the only way to disprove conspiracy theories that's what i'm taking away from this if physical mail is coming from a place it must be real i guess you could argue that except for finland why finland i don't know there's just our friend noel was doing research on conspiracy theories and there is one where legit people do not think finland is real because it's too perfect of a country and Mm. this article goes into like all the reasons why people think finland is fake and that it was created i think so that japan and the other netherlands could like do trade and they're like, it's really hard to, you know, think that Finland is real until you're in a plane flying over it, look down and it's there. But sure, why not? 
Oh my god, people are so insane with their conspiracy theories. Well, I mean, we thought Goodcastle wasn't real. That's true, but I guess now that they're here, we're finished with that theory. Just, I think people are going to hang on to their conspiracy theories even harder now. Especially that now that they've shown up, they're going to be like, no, 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 that was just a ruse. That was QAnon or the Illuminati or someone else showing up. That wasn't really good, Castle. You know what? You can skip over my joke all you want. There was a joke in there? This is why we're not friends anymore. We fought before the podcast. We agreed we're no longer friends. It's true. Yeah, we are no longer friends. We're doing this to finish out the graduation series, but then afterwards we're done so. Yeah, no. No more best friend Lauren nope. and DJ anymore. Nope. Not sorry, even gonna Rebecca. talk to each other. Yeah, sorry, Rebecca. We know that it warms your heart, but you know, the magic is dead. <laughs> the boyhood dream has died. As Fitzroy tries to process the information, Reginald's like, Yeah, like also you're the onset commander. Because you know Oof. how good castle works. Everyone is equal. There is no one higher than anyone else in the knighthood reign. It's essentially whoever's first on scene becomes the field commander. So we're all at your command. Woo! Fitzroy is like not ready for that, but I will say I love that as like a concept a little bit. It's very like oh, yeah. equal equal share of power type of thing. Very much so. And I like that they defer to the first one on site because they're the ones who have the information first. That makes yeah, perfect theoretically sense. They know the most. Exactly. We go through a little back and forth where they agree to call each other Reggie and Fitzy. And as they're kind of going through this, he's like, okay, so what do you want us to do? And Gordy steps up wondering what sort of danger Rainier's in. Very reasonably upset that Fitzroy didn't inform him of the change of plans with Grey and that they left Rainier unprotected. Hieronymus steps in also upset that his brother is working alongside Grey. So Fitzroy explains everything that's going on as Festo flies up, saying they just woke up from a three-day party and came back to all of this. Festo, I'm so, so happy that Festo is back. Okay. Can I throw in here? Oh. And this is a, th- a theme that I'm going to get through throughout this episode. I don't understand Travis's thing where he's having all of the NPCs be like, what's the plan? Why didn't you plan for this? Because the everything changed, right? Like, yeah, you can't plan for something that just happened. Like Travis is having all of his NPCs be like, why why did you change the plan but like the plan from the boys perspective was like we're gonna go disrupt society by like breaking the hog and they did that and came back to this unforeseen circumstance and yet travis i don't know if it's on purpose for his characters or maybe for him wanting them to have a plan but it does feel like why is everyone so mad at them for not having a plan when this is unexpected this was not in the docket the powerpoint Mm -hmm. presentation did not include a slide on this (laughs) like why are we yelling at these sweet sweet boys i took it more as fear for their respective loved ones because it was more because regardless of the fear of the respective loved ones that's not the problem the problem that everyone keeps bringing up to these boys is you guys made this bed and you need to you need to fix it and the problem is they didn't they didn't no it's true they just didn't have time to tell everyone that gray is now working with them instead of against and them and that's like hardly the issue yeah for any of them i'm saying like that's not the problem the problem at the end of the day is they feel like the boys didn't plan well and i think that's unfair that is absolutely unfair i did not get that vibe at all i can see where you're coming from and that's bs but i just don't think it's fair i just don't think it's fair no it's not fair and here they obviously at this point it's like what is going on with my loved ones but i also feel like it's panic but like gosh get it together everyone like lots going on 
give them time to take a handle of it. Yeah. No, it's true. They need to they need to step back and let the boys start figuring out what they're going to go and do from here. And I think it creates a scenario where the boys feel like they aren't allowed to have a plan because they don't come back with anything. And they're like, yeah, you're right. We don't have a plan here. Versus being like, all right, let's take a second to plan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where I'm like, no, that's not fair. You had a plan. You enacted the plan. You succeeded the plan. And new stuff happened. You need a new plan. For this. Don't let all these adults bully you. (laughs) All these, uh, like, adults, adults. We don't know how old Gordy is, but... Hieronymus is like super old. Be pretty dang old, right? Like Hieronymus is he's at a, least he's a lich. He's a lich, so he's undying until his what is that? So his horcrux. Thank you, phylactery is. They, I shut up. We're only fighting a lich in our big campaign. It's like not a big. I don't need to know anything about liches. Hieronymus is at least five hundred. Festo has to be super old. Yeah, they're all like adults, adults, and they're yeah. freaking out. But I I'm find that older adults freak out the most. Yep, they're the worst. The worst. Travis breaks down what's happening with the boys. And we do get confirmation the school is all in one building. Um, So the dorms and the battlegrounds and Groundsy's hut are around the school proper. And that is where the demons are currently holding their position. Totally forgot about Groundsy until Travis I was like, his hut. I do not know how you forgot about Groundsy. He transported the boys to a couple places and then has been gone from the story. So and I was like, well, Groundsy's just part of it. He's like part of the school. We just haven't seen him in 500 years. This is the episode where you guys learn that Lauren has not listened to an episode of this podcast. Yeah, I've just been faking it the whole time. Been faking it the whole time. I was the one who wrote the Finland article and did not have time to listen to anything. Groundsy, I remembered you the entire time. Well, you can be Groundsy's friend then, I guess, since we're not friends anymore. No, thanks. I don't need any <laughs> friends. I can do bad all by myself. That has to be a reference to something. That is a reference to the Tyler Perry film, I Can Do Bad All By Myself. There you go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so Fitzroy asks what the plan is, and Althea says that it's kind of fallen onto the Thunderman's shoulders because everyone is here to help them. And again, this is kind of where they're like, so what's the plan? What do you mean, what's the plan? You tell us the plan. And... I again, I I disagree. We already went through this. I think it's I think it's messed up. So mm-hmm. luckily though, Hieronymus kind of like is like, all right, let's take a pause. Let's break this down piece by piece. So the air is out since there's magical barrier on the school and probably also flying demons. Fighting the way mm-hmm. into the school doesn't seem like a great idea, and they can't tunnel through solid rock unless Fitzroy says they oh, have my- someone who might be able to help. And if you <gasps> rewind the tape, go back to the Zorn episode, what he was like you know see you around i was like uh, well i said i would love for we're in the finale and out of nowhere they're like we have a friend that can help with this income soren oh my god you did call it i did not think it was gonna happen i 100 percent thought they were gonna forget about the zorn so when i was listening to this i was like are you kidding me they remembered him he's gonna come back i was very excited and you were right the second he, they were like let me know if you ever need anything again basically i was like that zorn's gonna be a part in, that zorn's gonna be important in the final battle <laughs> but the amount of npcs that i've encountered where they're like oh yeah do you remember rolandis fontaine <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that guy where is roland he was mean he was an ass. I think it's just a lot. And I've gone. said this on this podcast before, but it's come up even more in our campaign lately where I'm like, there are so many characters you have not taken the time personally to develop. Mm-hmm. So why is that? Why would I as a DM keep bringing them into your world? Mm-hmm. Like right now we're in the midst of like our final, final fight. Yep. Yep. 
and you guys are meeting all the rest of the members of the order mm-hmm. and <laughs> you guys just keep being like wow who's this and i'm like yep they've been there this entire time have this entire list of everyone that's in this um and here's just this person that you never interacted with or like you guys have now like a DMPC party member that's there to help you out in the final fight. And thank and God. they have like their whole own backstory. And you guys are like, who's this other person that they're fighting against? And I'm like, you wouldn't know if you ever asked them about themselves. So we have been like in the middle of this fight. We're like, hey, who is that? What's going on? And we've been getting backstory like <laughs> in the middle of this fight, which is super cool. But also, you know, we could have had this for so much longer. <laughs> yeah so often like when i was like all right it's in between dungeons you guys are back at the you know the bar what do you want to do and everyone's like i sleep and then what's the next dungeon yeah we really didn't I was interact like, with the there's world this whole built. order and like all these people and you guys were like lit cool even when i was like yeah you had like generals and armies under you and your second in command none of you were like oh let me seek that person out I don't know why I never thought to do that. I only thought to do that when we came back and we ended up looking like a really bad boss basically at the end where you come in, you're like, hey, partner, can you like do this for me? <laughs> and they're like, wow, I like know you. I know a lot about you, but you don't know anything about me. And it's like, yeah. But yeah, no, it's so funny. And this totally happens. Like they luckily remember the Zorn. I assume they would. Uh, but yeah, like you have characters like Rolandis that haven't been around since like episode three. Where's Jimson and Crush? in this I fight was like literally just thinking about them and we've had we've had leon but we had his hero who we loved them together and now yeah. i can't remember his name <laughs> travis played him in broadsword no who was it who was it bj uh i forget oh really i'm cutting this out no one's one. gonna know you're such an ass no i'll, I'll god why am i forgetting his name because i loved him too yeah, no, especially like he and Leon together, we loved their relationship with one another, which is why it was so devastating when Leon left. We haven't seen him. We barely just got Hawk Squire Leon back. Buckminster. Buckminster. Thank you. Oh, man. Yeah, no. where's he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Buckminster. I mean, you have Jimson and a Crush again. I mean, we are going to get into other stuff, but like so many people that, I mean, I get that they're gone, but they could be a part of the fight, right? Like, they sure could. Yeah, they could be like a. Who knows? Maybe army. like as we go through the episodes, like through, you know, the last three, 36, 37, 38, we like see random scenes of like, and as you fight through uh, with your ultimate fight against like chaos and order, you see Jimson and Crush, you know, destro- crushing the head of a, uh, you know, pit feed as you see Rolandis, like, you know, that could happen. That's true. That could happen. And that would be super cool if we got that. Because kind that, of I guess, would satisfy me, right? Just being like, yes, they existed. Don't forget they existed. Yeah, they I'm. I mean, I'm sure Travis hasn't forgotten about them. They're probably in his extensive notes, but I would love to see them again. Do you mean Jermaine's novel? There is Jermaine's novel. Yes. And Jermaine has all of everyone's backstories, but Travis also has notes on them. No, Jermaine he has just has Jermaine's full developed novel. story. That's it. Oh, he has Jermaine's yeah, novel. No. I thought this Jermaine is... was working on their no, novel. No, no, no. Jermaine's this is kind of like the princess bride right where like they're telling you the story as like the book as they're reading the book and part of it is like it's kind of like how um I forget which movie it is I think it's maybe oh it's kind of like in Twilight how in the background you can see Stephanie Meyer in a coffee shop writing Twilight (laughs) it's kind of like that 
Oh my god. So okay, so this is the finished novel. Yeah, of at this the end story. like of the final episode, the book's gonna close and then it's gonna be Jermaine being like, and that's the tale of graduation. I would be so down for that. I need there's gotta be prequels though, because there's a lot of story references to other things that like I don't know about. There's gotta well, be you a know whole it comes series. before graduation. Literally school. all the rest of the school year. <laughs> yeah, school. <laughs> uh can't wait for Taz school. <laughs> Taz school and then Taz kindergarten and then Taz. I can't wait for Taz babies. <laughs> <laughs> like Muppet oh, babies. Like, exactly. <laughs> or baby Looney Tunes. <laughs> Pub named Scooby-Doo. There was a weird generation of like child versions of characters. There was even one where it was the Jungle Book and they were all kids. I can't. It was all in that time period, too. I don't understand. Let's jump back into this. Gordy says he has some expertise with interplanar magic, and he asks, you know, he says he's going to need some help, and all the boys gladly offer to kill themselves here. <laughs> Which, God, can I say, you know how, like, we've, t- I don't know how much we've talked about on here. On Twitter, I've talked about a lot. Like, there's a lot of, like, negative fan reaction to Taz graduation. Yeah, we've talked about it some on here. And I think, I think this is just the boys being, like, ridiculous. Like, they're just playing around and joking. Yeah. Right? And I think it's yeah. so I think it's so funny. They're like, oh, we get it. One of us has to die. Or at the very least, I think it's their characters being like, oh, we don't want to have to be the ones that come up with a plan. Just kill us. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. like, I saw so many people on Twitter and on Reddit being like, ugh, yeah, this story sucks so much that Justin and Griffin and Clit would rather have their characters die than keep playing. And I was like, I don't think that's what's happening. I absolutely don't think so. That is not what is going on here at all. They're just being the McElroy. I think they're being ridiculous. I just, it's them being funny. Yeah. Ew. Oh my God. I just, I hate it so much. That's so dramatic. (laughs) But, you know, he's like, actually, I don't need any of you to sacrifice yourselves. I just need Festo. And they're like, you better not kill Festo. You take me before you take Festo. (laughs) But he's like, no, no, no. I literally just need him to help with the magic. Just the magic, because Festo's magic AF. So. So he's going to work on interplanar magic with Festo. And they discuss where they might want to tunnel to and decide on Groundsy's hut. The answer, though, like, because Travis was talking about there's got to be like a really secure location, like connected to the school, but not in the school that we could go to and like rally and like get the troops ready. And I was like, clearly he's referencing the Unbroken Chains secret. 1000%. That's what he was setting up. And I related to this so much where you just (laughs) can paint the biggest word picture on earth and your players will be like, yes, a dog. I get it. And I'm like, that was that was a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what no that was a dog <laughs> and that's i swear that's the dm experience right there where travis is like hey do you remember that really cool super secure location they were like, got it groundsy's hut yeah we could go there although i am very interested in seeing jermaine's writing space so or groundsy's murder bodies yes again my theory that groundsy's hut is filled with the corpses of students that's what you think i early on in the podcast we had thought maybe that's where jermaine's writing everything and that's been well that's where jermaine's skin and flesh is that's why he's a skeleton man oh my god this got so dark and he's staying there to write the novel yeah i mean like he just happened to stay alive as a skeleton and groundsy Mm. was like well I just wanted your skin and bone. Like, I didn't want your bones, just wanted your skin. So you could stay, I guess. <laughs> and Jermaine's like, this is literally the only location that is, like, quiet. The school is crazy. 
everyone wants to come and like beat me up all the time and I can only take so much before I need to write this story. There's this comic that I love where it's like these two skeletons go up and they start just attacking this guy, like kill him. <laughs> like, you know, like dungeon skeletons, like with oh, like a okay. fighter or something. But the second they kill him, skeleton pops out and he's like, thanks guys, I'm free now. Oh, that's actually cute. And I was like, oh, our skeletons are just longing to escape. You know, I'm not against that theory. Inside of all of us. Are two wolves and also a skeleton looking to escape. (laughs) (laughs) So they make the insane jump of logic to go to Groundsy's hut. But before they do that, Althea has the boys take a rest while they all make the preparations. Thank God for Althea and her reasonable, like, how about you take a long rest? (laughs) The boys drop off to sleep and dream. Hello everyone, it's me, PJ, your rompin' ragamuffin. Here as always, thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode. We're getting close to the finale, y'all. I'm so excited and curious for what the future holds. Lord and I are back at work and insanely busy, but we'll get through this arc, then decide what the future holds from there. Until then, we've still got three episodes to go, and the the, the Adventure Zone Zone Zone, and maybe a little special bonus episode after that. Know when those episodes drop by keeping up with us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TalkinDaz, or go to our website, talkin-taz.pinecast.co, for links to the socials as well as all of our episodes. If you're enjoying the show, tell your friends about it and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. Now, let's get to the question of the week. How do you feel about changes done mid-story to accommodate a new perspective? This episode, we see a new chaos, very different than who we first met, but one that better suits the story being told. Do you feel understanding when a storyteller does this, or does it make you feel like the storytelling is just inconsistent? Let us know. Now, back to the podcast. Argo dreams of a jail cell, the Commodore sitting on a cot, his left arm bearing, shrinks the frostbite from his shoulders to his wrist, courtesy of Master Firog's ice knife, and nice, nice, nice. some irritation around his neck that indicates the mask was forcibly removed from his face. Gross. He looks up at Argo, walks over, and rips the cell door from its hinges. Okay. Smiling, he walks out of the door. Ugh. With the revelation of the next dream, this has to imply that Argo was seeing was in the past seeing this happen. I agree. No, I think this was an actual vision and not a dream. I think this actually happened. Yeah, because then we move to Master Fearbog, who dreams of the Unknown Forest, and it's night and there's snow on the ground, which is odd because it's not snow season right now. Mm-hmm. Moonlight glints off a hard, shiny surface, moving beyond the tree line as the Guardian's voice asks him if he's all right. And he's basically like, hey, thanks for telling me that my dad was dying. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, you know, that message you sent me. And he's like, are you OK? And he's like, oh, 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 I need you to tell me that I need to go to my clan. And here we just find out that Master Fearbulk somehow in this stream traveled back in time. And was yes. the reason that the Guardian knew to warn Master Fearbolt to go home and see his father before he died, which yes. is like some weird causal time loop thing. It's kind of like, you know, Harry Potter. But yeah, no, this is like some Back to the Future time turner. The only reason they knew to do this stuff was because they had done it before. Well, there's like this, there's two versions, like two or three versions prevailing versions, I guess I should say, of like the theory of how time travel works. Mm. One is like essentially like the like oh if time travelers exist how come we don't see them all the time like the the idea that time travelers could return back in time and we would see them be time travelers Mm -hmm. right the more logical one to me is 
if time travel has existed, it already happened. The only reason we live in the world that we live in right now is because time travel has already occurred and has changed reality to be what it is currently. We would Mm -hmm. not know that someone went back in time and killed Hitler because if someone had, we would already live in a reality where that had happened. No one currently in our timeline is ever going to go back in time and kill Hitler because if that had happened, we would live in an alternate reality where that had already occurred. Do you think that's how alternate universes happen? Yeah, theoretically, right? Right, because decisions impact the world that you live in. Exactly. So when that happens, you have a branch, a split. You know, we all saw Endgame. We we saw the gar- yeah. the 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 ancient one explain how time branches work. Yeah, exactly. Come on, ancient one. And that's the one that I subscribe to more. It's like if it if if time travel is real or will ever be real, we live in the reality where it's already occurred. The yes, third version of time travel reality is people can never move backwards, only forward. Oh, because that's like physics, right? Yeah. Okay. So Okay. So it's physically literally impossible. Yeah. But I'm all, okay. I'm all on second one. In terms of if it did exist, whatever is currently like no one's going to go back in time and fix a thing because if they did, we would already be living in the alternate reality where it had been fixed. Mm-hmm. We're not just going to mm-hmm. wake up tomorrow and be like, "Oh no, we're in some weird historical fiction." That happened actually in a supernatural episode where like something, some demon was involved, I think. I don't remember. And for a while, they were like, there was this boat called the Titanic and it sank and everyone in the world was like, what are you talking about? So the Titanic isn't, what are you talking about? Like it was a direct line of events from the Titanic never sinking and like everything was different after that because the Titanic never sank. So I would agree. That makes sense. All I'm saying is, no, I'm not going to do this. This is too controversial of a take. I can't take, I can't do this. You could do it. You could do it. Look, all I'm saying is if Hitler hadn't existed, we wouldn't have anime today. I need an explanation. (laughs) So Hitler rises to power. He mm-hmm. allies himself with the Japanese, the Italians, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Japanese, uh, and you know, they're fighting in the Euro- Eurasian, you know, continent. The Japanese decide it's time to take it to the Americans. They take it to the Americans. Pearl Harbor happens. The Americans become involved in World War II. With the involvement yes. of the Americans in World War II, specifically generally driven by the hate towards the Japanese for the attack on Pearl Harbor, eventually leads to the development, production, and use of the nuclear bomb. Nuclear mm-hmm. bomb is dropped on Japan. Japan goes through a period of decimation, mourning, rebuilding. In this period mm-hmm. of rebuilding, they want A, people to forget about their war crimes, and B, they have to rebuild society from the ground up. This creates the modern Japanese entertainment machine that is designed to be like, look, we're Japan. We're the most technologically advanced. We have this very interesting culture and this very interesting entertainment. And that's why Japan is such an entertainment hub that it is today and why it's a technological powerhouse that it is today because they really tried to rebrand themselves after all the war crimes they committed in World War II because of the destruction that was levied on them from the Americans using the nuclear bomb on them, unnecessarily, might I add, you just have a lot of rebuild and a lot of, like, kind of pain and suffering that comes in with that, right? That's why their post-apocalyptic stories are so different than ours. But Mm. that rebuild, that rebranding, that restructure leads to anime. If you were to time travel, then would you thank him for his service? I'd still, I'd punch him in the face. I'd probably kick him in the balls. Right. But if I were to kill him, not even this anime would be gone, but you never know what could happen. Maybe if he dies too early, 
an even more problematic figure rises in power and isn't able to be destroyed, you know, in the two front war because they're more mm. strategically minded. And now we all live in like the fourth Reich or something like that's yeah. the thing. That's the problem with time travel is if you do it, you never know what the consequences of your action is. Like, sure. The ideal is like, yeah, go back and kill Hitler. But what if the thing that happens when you kill Hitler is like me- ultra mecha Hitler 2.0 comes out and like now we're all effed. Yeah, there could always be a bigger, badder thing. And I mean, a lot of art specifically, but a lot of very beautiful things can come from horrible, horrible tragedy. And it's not to make to say that, like, thank God the tragedy occurred, right? Like, no, the perfect version of the world would be one where this never happened. But Mm -hmm. the ideal that people have where they're like, well, if I could time travel, I'd go back in time and fix this. But as the Ashton Kutcher classic film, The Butterfly Effect, has shown us, you never know what's going to happen because of your actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And who knows, maybe, like, you know. There's plenty of historical fiction stories out there. You can read them, but like... (laughs) You could read them. Yeah, but I'm just saying like getting rid of a problematic part of history could create an even more problematic future because maybe we don't learn those lessons. We don't learn from those mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. And we are worse off for it. Or things could get better, but you don't know what that answer is, right? You don't have a what if machine. You have a time travel machine. Exactly. Now, if you had a what if machine and a time travel machine, you're set. Well, then. Fix the world. I beg of you. Please. There's, it's so bad. Please <laughs> make it stop. So yeah, so Fearbulg is able to send this message to his past self. It's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, it's, a, a, it's a very, it's a real Jeremy Bear me of a, of a time. <laughs> Lastly, Fitzroy dreams of the room where he met Chaos, but now the room is in tatters. Argo and Master Fearbulg are now there too, and Chaos stares out one of the windows. They're standing at only six feet tall now, which means Fitzroy is taller than them. Uh, they're dressed very plainly. They seem to be carrying themselves very differently. This is not the chaos we once knew. Mm. Chaos wonders why they're doing this. Like, why are they ruining the plan? And Fearbulg's like, well, I mean, we don't really have a plan. And Chaos counters, like, saying they need change. And they've been planning this with order since before the Thundermen were even born. Like, it still made their plan come true. Fitzroy says they managed to dismantle the established government and could potentially dismantle others. And Chaos wonders if that would even be enough, right? Like saying they don't know the world can change with the actions of just three well-meaning people. And they gesture to what yeah. used to be the Gotskar Chasm and the portal that Order had torn into the universe now completely covers the Gotskar Chasm. Ugh, yikes. And Chaos says change is coming and it can't be stopped. Chaos seems a little hesitant, saying they've been assured by Order that the plan will work, you know, and this might be the last time Chaos gets to see them. Because Chaos would then switch places with Order. Exactly. Yeah. Picking up on the weird vibes that Chaos is spinning out, though, Fitzroy puts on his glasses he got from Mosh, and he sees a child who has trusted their counterpart, and they're scared because they don't understand why the Thundermen aren't playing right. Like, Chaos isn't sitting here being like, I'm mad you're not going along with the plan. It's, Mm -hmm. but my brother told me the plan would work. Why don't you believe that? Yeah. This is, again, you're the DM, so I'm sure that this is something familiar to you. This is a beautiful setup for chaos versus order at the end of the day right or at least chaos lending help maybe or order being the bigger badder person well clearly that we have right? to like, take clearly out clearly chaos yeah. is well-meaning order mm-hmm. maybe not so much right do you think chaos is a child because they've essentially been stuck for 500 years maybe. or 50 years because well, that's like the thing right is like because they swap places mm-hmm. in reality Maybe, like, since Order... 
I don't know. It's very confusing the way that it works. And again, having Chaos be so much younger and all of a sudden look very different feels like a late game choice. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel. But I don't I'm not mad about it. I personally think it's great when a DM restructures their story to kind of fit the story that they've realized should be told as they're going along. Mm -hmm. So so to clarify, when I say like, this is a late game change, I'm not like, yeah, because Travis sucks. I mean, like, no. And that means like, you know, like, I I like it. Like, this is chaos in a different light. And Mm -hmm. I like that it was still a gradual change. But I do like, you know, it's it's a very different personality, but maybe it's a different personality because they're not putting on those airs anymore. Whatever it is, it's clearly like chaos is supposed to be more naive, more innocent, more well-meaning. And while it is still this eternal being that is, you know, younger than order, but still eons older than anything we could comprehend, you Mm -hmm. know, it's still it's still an interesting take. Yeah, I really like it. This is so different from the first chaos that we met when he was, I guess they were having that dinner quote-unquote with Fitzroy and then when they had all of those dreams with the boys that very much felt like this is going to be the game that we're playing so this is the persona I'm going to put on and now they are they're sweeter they're softer than when we first saw them and I really like that and I love that Griffin remembered his glasses so that we got that really (laughs) cool reveal uh I love it it's all good stuff. This is good. This is good storytelling here, kids. Oh, yeah. I am super into this. The boys wake up to Festo slapping Fitzroy awake just a little pop, 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 pop. <laughs> And, you know, Festo has slap magic, so it hurts a lot. <laughs> I do not have slap magic, but that sounds like it could be useful. <laughs> just, I mean, I imagine it's just because you know it's got tiny little fairy hands Mm. so you need slap magic to make it feel like anything more than like a whisper of a hit (laughs) exactly you just have to make it actually so like if you had slap magic it would be super painful but fitzroy i mean yeah but fitzroy just feels like human-sized slaps because festo has slap magic because yeah because Festo's tiny (laughs) (laughs) festo instructs fitzroy to pack a bag and they're gonna go to a party and Fitzroy is hella excited. He's always wanted to go to a Festo party. I remember when he was like, we could party Festo. And Festo was like, oh, weird. No, thanks. <laughs> and we were like, oh, my God. Fitzroy, that was Fitzroy. so awkward. <laughs> that was their first class together. That was right when he got zippers. Yeah. Festo's like, I got to go to a party. And Fitzroy's like, can, can I, I go I to the party? <laughs> Festo was like, ew. <laughs> he was like, oh, look at the time. <laughs> But now he finally gets he to finally go. gets to go to a festo party. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, we have to make it to the fairy circle before midnight. And uh, they wake. He wakes the boys up. All three of them go into the forest with Festo, and Festo gives them vials of drugs, instructing them to drink it, and they all follow the instructions. Uh, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. These boys did not go through a dare program. <laughs> not even once. No, but also it's Festo, and we know canonically that Fitzroy trusts Festo with his life. Oh, and yeah. I mean, Festo's three boys, a good, you yeah. know, um, a trip guide. Yeah. Oh, a very good trip guide. They have probably led a lot of people through very successful trips. Mm-hmm. So they take the drugs, and they reach the fairy circle as the drugs kick in. They're surrounded by fairies, and, you know, they're not sure if the fairies are big, or they're small, or their just perception is warped. Mm-hmm. And Festo invites them to dance. And, you know, we get this, like, fun jazz, like, fun music beat. This Argo. That, yeah. I love Griffin's. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, but yeah. Griffin's music Griffin is, is so good. Ugh. 
He's a great composer. Yeah. Argo and Master Fearbulk take the invitation to dance feeling free and more comfortable and, you know, better than I have in a long time. And, and like, ugh, like I don't really do drugs anymore, but when I did, like, that was the nice part about it is just feeling so free and, like, fine. Fee- feeling fancy free? Yeah, fun and fancy free. I don't do drugs anymore. Not for any other reason than, like, I don't like feeling different Mm. like i don't like that my brain feels different than it normally does i wish i had the calmness and the looseness that came with a like marijuana high without Mm -hmm. the like feeling also kind of dumb sure that makes sense but to each their own that is nothing against anyone that does it and everyone reacts to it differently other people are probably like why would you brain why would you feel like that when you smoke and i'm like that's just how my brain reacts to it i mean it's fun i did it for a long time a lot of it for a long time. <laughs> but it's also part of the reason, like, I don't, I mean, drink as often as I used to because, like, or at least as hard as I used to because I would just, like, let myself get pretty trashed pretty easily because I was like, what do I care? I don't drive. <laughs> but I don't get even half that bad anymore because, like, I just don't like feeling like I personally am not in the driver's seat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I have not, I have never, ever been drunk, like, drunk, drunk. And I've never done drugs because I can't stand losing control, which is probably more psychologically revealing than anything. Yeah. I mean, but it's not an abnormal thing to not want, right? Like, it's not like anyone could be like, wow, that's weird. You don't want to lose control of your faculties. Wow. Look at the (laughs) nork. But regardless, (laughs) these boys are all up in it. Mm hmm. For Fitzroy, everyone begins to fade from around him until there's only a glowing golden spectral version of himself. And he dances with his spectrum until they're both in sync. And they're basically the same being. Fitzroy wakes up in the forest and it's morning. His arms are now crackling with energy as he now has his <gasps> magic back. Yay! Master Fearbulg and Argo are both sleeping peacefully. So Fitzroy wanders away and casts Thunderclap. And the spell is successfully cast, more powerful than ever before. And the episode Woo-hoo. ends. Yay! I'm so happy. Yeah. You did it. I'm the excited. drugs unlocked it. I'm excited slash hopeful. The next episode, they explain what his sorceress origin is now, because I'm assuming it's going to be different. Yes, because now it is actually his magic. It's as not opposed chaos to... magic anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so good. Oh, yeah. I, I really loved it. Yeah, I enjoyed this episode. It felt a little weird to be like, yeah, the fight's about to rage on, but like, we're going to go to a party. <laughs> but like, I also knew it was necessary. And also, it's very much like, you know, they had to wait for stuff anyways. And Festa was like, come with me. And you'll see in a world. Of, I don't know. I don't. I just wanted to let you go there. Nope. I. That's it. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh, Cut uh, that no, out. but that was—I will not, not in the slightest. <laughs> no. uh, that was no, that was a great episode though. I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like we're there, right? Like this was such a tease yeah. of an episode. It's like the fight is about to rage on. Could Castle is here, and Griffin is dealing with that. You know, we didn't talk about that a ton actually. Um, we actually didn't know we mentioned it briefly but you know Fitzroy is very much like oh like struggling with it right like he's very mm-hmm. much like I didn't get the material what do you mean there was material which honestly is so fascinating I love the that I mean Travis kind of thought about it where it's like oh there is pamphlets there is a directionary to where good castle is all these things that were always the big questions but they just mm-hmm. got lost in the mail I guess lost in the mail or maybe never fully processed or yeah, something. something like there was 
Yeah, but which I, like I think that is Fitzroy so wasn't funny. just like, oh, that trauma's gone now. Like he definitely was struggling with it, which I think is a great choice by Griffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in this world where contracts are like so important that there was this oversight in Fitzroy's contract to where it completely changed the trajectory of his future is so funny to me. I really like that hiccup. What do you him. mean? Well, because Hog is based entirely on like contracts. Yeah, but t- talk and- to me about what it means for Fitzroy. Well, that was it was that was Fitzroy was going to be going into that lifestyle, right? He was going to become a knight and he was going to be contracted out and he was going to become a part of this very paperwork heavy society, but because something in the system went wrong, he went the opposite way to now he's destroying that society and he's going to be helping to create something brand new. So ultimately the system kind of destroyed itself in a way. I just, I disagree. I think you're thinking way too deep into this one. Oh no, I'm sure that I am. I'm sure that is not at all. Not even intentionary. I just don't super agree. Because Good Castle is so different societally. And then it's their own society. The Hog could be completely destroyed and disbanded. And all of Newark could fall into complete chaos. Good Castle would still exist. Maybe. It would. We don't know anything we, about good castle other very than they showed a, up what is 100 percent a sovereign nation a sovereign nation okay well then there you go kids <laughs> oh my gosh i do think the general analysis is, is spot on but it is it would more so be like good castle's mistake is new as undoing in a weird way not the mistake is its own undoing mm, that, that's fine i'll take that <laughs> i'll take it that's like a solid b plus on a theory <laughs> That's a passing grade. That's a super passing grade. D's a passing grade. That's true. D's get degrees. D's get degrees. But with that, well, that is where we're going to call this episode. Mm-hmm. Until mm-hmm. next time, we hope you had a good time. But I've been PJ. I've been Lauren. And we'll see you next time when we are once again talking to us. Bye.